Your number one goal is to make sure that the listener is engaged, the listener is paying attention to your message, listening to the story, and whatever you can do to make sure that listener does not leave that because of something you can take care of. Really important. That's Rob Winner. He's the marketing manager at Oralex Acoustics. And let me tell you, these folks are the best in the sound treatment business. They work with professional musicians and podcast studios around the world. In fact, right here in our Nashville studio, we enjoy the benefits of Orlex. So it's only fitting that we had Rob explain why your podcast's audio quality matters. Let's face it, it's a direct reflection of your brand and credibility. He joins us to share some tips and tricks for getting the highest audio quality possible, elevating your show from good to great. Welcome to Brandcasting with Relationary Marketing, the show all about how to build a professional branded podcast that delivers on your business's goals. I'm your host, Clark Buckner, partner and co-founder here at Relationary, a turnkey podcast production agency for B2B content marketing. We help brands and agencies create engaging content to establish thought leadership, nurture key relationships, and promote events. For a recap and transcript of this episode, and to download our free five-step guide to building a branded podcast, head on over to relationarymarketing.com slash podcast. All right, let's jump in. I'm the marketing manager for Oralex Acoustics. Uh, the company has been in business for over 40 years and uh, is based in Indianapolis. I'm actually based here in Nashville. I went to Berkeley College of Music in Boston for a little bit of time, thinking I was going to be a famous jazz drummer. Found out that that wasn't really going to happen for me because there's a lot better players there, not so to speak. And um, I started getting into doing audio post-production work. And I was living in California, and uh, I got a chance to work with Chuck Jones, um, who did all the original Roadrunner cartoons and Bugs Bunny cartoons and things like that. I worked with him um, doing a number of shorts, and we did the Warner Brothers' first online animated show called Thomas Timberwolf. And I worked, you know, so I, that was a dream that, I, you know, I had grown up watching those cartoons, and I never ever thought I would work with him doing that kind of stuff. And I got to work with uh, Jim Henson Company and did some work on some of the Muppet things. Um, I've worked on a lot of movies, television shows, stuff for Discovery Channel. And I've continued, you know, even though I'm working for Oralex, I've continued that business on the side. It, it's not my full-time thing now, but I still do a lot of that work. And I've started doing a few uh, editing things for podcasts and uh, movies and stuff. But what was really weird is that I started this company. It's called New Noise, but the it's newnoiseonline.com. I started this company on a sailboat in Marina del Rey, California. And this was way before it was cool to have your portable recording rig and all that stuff. But I was doing commercial work for, I did stuff for Oscar Mayer and a couple other big ad agencies. I did all my editing and all my, some, some recording stuff on this boat, you know, and it was, and I couldn't tell the client, hey, I'm, you know, I'm sitting here on my boat. <laughs> editing your commercial, but I had to come up with ways to make it to when I was recording any kind of voices or anything like that. I needed to figure out a way, how am I going to make this not sound one, like I'm on a boat, but two, make it sound professional. So that kind of got my interest 
started in acoustics as well. And I've built a couple of my own studios over the years and um, have really got a good understanding of what it takes to do all that kind of stuff. But ever since I was a little kid, I've been passionate about sound and fascinated about sound. And so, you know, it just kind of, I've been fortunate my entire life to be involved in, you know, and working in something I'm really, I really love. So, and good acoustics is part of that. <laughs> I love that. Well, I'm so happy to have you in the studio with us, Rob. And so how long have you been working with, at Oralex now? I'm going on seven years. Okay. And I, I was a customer of Oralex uh, prior to that for about 10 years. So tell me more about Oralex. Just real quick recap who started it, the story behind it, and then we'll continue on with our conversation about how important audio quality is, especially in podcasts. Exactly. Oralex Acoustics was started by uh, Eric Smith. Um, he actually started it in the garage of his parents in, outside of Indianapolis. And uh, he was in broadcasting. He was a radio DJ. And uh, he was working at a studio that had... He, he said he didn't like the way the room sounded that he was in, the recording space they were in. And so he started looking around trying to find an inexpensive or an affordable way to do sound treatment, to make it sound better. And at that time, you know, this is about 40 years ago, there was really like one option and they were ridiculously expensive. And trying to figure out how to do it was even, you know, more of a mysterious thing. And so he started this company. Uh, Oralex and came up with some different types of products that were affordable for people and just started marketing that. And it's grown to be the the biggest, most recognized acoustical treatment manufacturer over the last 40 years. I mean, it's pretty cool. Incredible. It really is like the Kleenex brand. When people pretty say much. Oralex. Exactly. It, Which is a good thing yeah. and a bad thing. And we'll talk about why. We'll definitely right. get to that why. Okay. And um, But yeah, Rob, welcome back Thank to you. the studio. And you've been on this journey with us. When we started Relationary, you know, we were a couple years ago, several years ago. Now we are here slowly making improvements. Yep. You know, we've been bootstrapped, we're profitable, all that. But we've been slowly in reinvesting a lot of what we've been doing back into the business, including this studio. So yep. everything in here, you know, we've... You know, we have we're sitting around this you know beautiful custom created table, locally made. We've got you know it sounds incredible in here. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about kind of why the, the 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 treatment we've done in here, you know a lot of that being Arlex, right. Um, right, has all helped. So it's been so cool to see you visit me mm-hmm. over the years. Awesome. And when you clocked in today, I feel like we've arrived. Absolutely, absolutely. It sounds it sounds great in here. It looks awesome. A small space is really difficult to deal with acoustically, and uh, you did a great job with this. It's a, it, it really worked out well. Well, just for fun, I'm going to play a clap. But when you first came in here, I thought, like, <laughs> who is this man? You walk around clapping, whistling. <laughs> looks like you're talking to yourself in the corner. Which that happens occasionally. <laughs> but so, and then you were explaining to me all the you know why you're doing that. We'll talk about this this episode on our podcast will be more on the technical side, but we'll we're definitely going to be talking about the why it matters. But um, this is a before and after. Let's see if we can hear this. A clap before and after. Isn't that nuts? That's what we're in right now. Yeah, absolutely. Our goal is to take the room out of the recording, right? So some spaces are great. 
some spaces so you may want that vibe you may want it to be like you're in a big space and you're talking to a lot of people that's fine but if you're trying to get an intimate conversation with someone and be able to understand everything that person is saying it's really important to try and treat the space and deal with the problems that you're having with all the sound in the room reflections in the room even no matter you know even if it's a small room you have the the reflections Dealing with high-frequency problems, dealing with low-frequency problems are a big issue in small rooms because I always look at, um, look at a room, like I'm going to fill it up with water. And water, if you filled up a room, water is going to try and escape because of the pressure of just, you know, the, the physical pressure of that water trying to go somewhere. And it's going to find any hole it can to go and leave you know, and drain the room. Sound is very similar to that. Frequencies need to go somewhere. Low frequencies or bass frequencies are very long, and if they get trapped in a small space, or they're not trapped, but if they're not treated in a small space, you get this weird buildup of low frequencies because they're just stuck. That causes, again, the whole issue of, okay, why, am I, why can't I understand what they're saying in here? Kind of muddies it up. It muddies it up the mud that you don't want, right? So that's that's the issue with low frequencies in a smaller space. The best example of how low frequencies travel is if, say, you're standing outside of a building and you hear, sounds like there's a party going on, and you hear music and you hear that boom, 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 right? The closer you get to the building, the more you hear more of the music, the more you hear of the voices in the background, and as soon as you open the door, you hear everything, right? You hear all of the frequency information. That's demonstrating that the bass frequency is traveling a lot farther than all the other frequencies, all the higher frequencies and mid-range. And so it's important to try and try and deal with that and try and, and work with... Uh, Base trapping, which is a term we use all the time, certainly for small rooms and, you know, larger, mid-sized rooms, things like that. I love it. And the reason why all of this matters is at the end of the day, creating a podcast, you have a message to share and you want to create a wonderful experience for your guests if they are joining you in studio, but also you want to make sure your listener and listeners, they are able to enjoy and not be fatigued by what they're listening. Because right. even if they're driving or maybe they're out walking the dog or going on a run or doing the chores, I mean, data continues to show how podcast consumption is on the rise mm -hmm. year after year. And we know that that commute time, these passive chore activities, these are protected times in right. everyone's lives. That's right. You got to have wonderful sound and content because now we're at a point where, you know, there's over 600,000 podcasts out there. I mean, <laughs> ones that are actually live and active, you know, that, that number is probably at least half that. But the point is, you have to have professional sounding exactly. audio content because of that fatigue. Yeah. And I know you do a lot of work. Arlex does a lot of work, houses of worship, mm -hmm. corporate environments, restaurants. I mean, restaurants is a, yeah. if you think about a restaurant, um, and there have been a number of studies uh, about restaurants, and then usually one of the f number one reasons someone gives a restaurant a bad review 
is not because the food was bad or the service was really bad. It's because it sounded horrible. You, you went in to have dinner with someone or lunch or you have a business meeting or whatever, and it's so loud and the sound is so uncontrolled that you can't communicate effectively. And, um, you know, there's a theory that, you know, restaurant owners like to get that, you know, get it to sound like it's busy and reverberant and stuff because it makes it sound like it's more, you know, there's more of a crowd there. But a lot of people react negatively to that. And so that's something that you just got to keep in mind with anything that you're doing is that it really is. It's if the audience can't understand what it is you're saying and your message, then you're losing, you know, that's a losing battle. And it doesn't take a lot of um, a lot of money, a lot of time to figure out how to fix the acoustics inside your room. It takes a little more time and a little more money to stop sound transmission from leaving a space. But to treat the interior of a room, um, it's really not as difficult as it may seem. Wow. So when you've got – there's a lot of different data and stats that we're always following really closely. Weekly podcast listeners – average seven podcasts in the last week. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of consumption happening, but if you're listening to the podcast, I have a bad audio quality. That's one of the highest complaints people mm -hmm. have, and they just Absolutely. won't listen to it. Right, right. If they, and if they do listen to it, it's going to reflect poorly on the brand. Right, and that's probably one of the first comments someone makes. You know, a great interview, but you know what? It was really distracting to hear noise in the room. Even if you watch somebody on being interviewed on the news now, if someone's, you know, just doing something through FaceTime or whatever, if they're in a bad room and it's pingy and reverberant, it's not very fun to listen to. Even though it could be, you know, <laughs> earth-shattering news, it's like, well, boy, that, I don't know if I believe it or not. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember if it was you who told me this or maybe someone else, but if you're at a networking event, and this might even include restaurants when it's loud and mm -hmm. kind of sounds busy, mm -hmm. if you're at a connecting environment like this where you're meeting new people and it's really loud around you, and you're listening to the person, you can see them. And, you know, as humans, we can, <laughs> we can detect, we can, like, zone in on, sure. like, what's being said. But it takes brain power. Absolutely. What? I was, I was just going to mention that. Okay, I mean, you are the guy who told yeah, me this. Yeah, absolutely. You spend, I mean, we are surrounded by noise 24 hours a day. No one lives in an anechoic chamber, which is devoid of any sound at all, right? And our brains kind of become used to certain things. You're not necessarily filtering it out, but you're just kind of pushing it aside, any kind of background noise and things like that. But that makes your brain work harder. And, you know, if you're trying to listen to a podcast and you hear this weird room noise or you hear some sort of pinging noise or you hear a lot of external noise coming in or bleeding into it, you know, even though you're the listener, you're trying to decode, okay, what are they saying? Like, I'm, you know, trying not to pay attention to this noise in the background. And what are they saying? And you're just using a lot more brain power to filter all of that out. That's why, again, you know, getting a room to sound good, it doesn't, you know, you don't have to be in a completely dead silent room. That's one thing. It's just important to be able to control the acoustics inside the room to help it to just to make it sound better, sound, sound more natural. People think, well, you know, uh, when I'm in a room and I'm talking and it's all pingy and reverberant, that's natural, right? I go, not necessarily because, again, you're, trying, you're forcing the listener to filter all that out to understand what it is you're saying. 
That's really good. Well, this might be a good spot to also, you and I were just talking about a podcasting conference that just came through Nashville, PodX. Mm-hmm. And while I was there, I got the chance to talk to another local Nashville podcaster. His, his name's Marcus. So this was actually something we had in the studio. And on site, they had like a little recording environment. So we mm-hmm. were talking about this topic of sound quality. So I'm going to play a clip of this. Another thing that poor audio quality can potentially do for your podcast in a bad way is you could potentially lose listeners because people have so much media to consume nowadays, not just podcasts, but you know, YouTube, social media, all that stuff. So if you're not doing everything you can to keep their attention, they're going to go somewhere else, especially if they're not comfortable listening to your podcast because it sounds so bad. It's a real thing. Absolutely. I mean, you know, when you go and watch a movie, if you can't understand the dialogue in a movie, you lose interest in the movie. Um, And this goes with television shows. It goes with whatever, however you're watching anything. If you can't understand the dialogue, it takes you out of the story. It takes you out of the experience. And you you can't take that risk. Your number one goal is to make sure that the listener is engaged, the listener is paying attention to your message, listening to the story, and you whatever you can do to make sure that listener does not leave that because of something you can take care of, really important. You know, I've been doing sound editing for almost 30 years. Um, I've worked in film, I've worked in television, advertising, and um, that's always been your first thing is if you can't understand the message, if you can't understand the story, then you've not done your job as a sound production or sound editor. So very important. I mean, and podcasts, is, it's, it's about sound. It's about a message. It's about a story. And if you don't hear, if, you, if you're not delivering that to your audience, then yeah, you're going to lose, <laughs> you're, you're probably not going to be, you're not going to get anywhere with it. And you're, if you're at a certain point, you may lose people because of that, because it's a consistent, consistent, annoying issue that the sound quality is not good. From a production standpoint, there's that phrase, we'll fix it in post. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. And that's, that's, well, you don't want that for a couple of reasons, right? So let's go through some of your reasons why we'll just fix it in post if there's a tingy sound right. in, a, in, a, you know, in a podcast recording environment. Well, if you're, if you're in a space where you don't have the ability to control the acoustics, there are a lot of tools that we have via software editing that people are using, either Adobe Audition, Reaper, um, Audacity, GarageBand, Pro Tools. Lot, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of different options you have. And um, they all have some way to go in and do noise reduction, okay, which is a helpful tool, very, very helpful thing to be able to do. The problem with that, though, is if you're spending more time doing all of that than you are actually doing any of the creative part of it, where you're doing any kind of creative editing, adding music, adding sound effects, adding anything like that, it's just a big time a time waster to have to deal with that with, you know, and if you start with a really good recording and you don't have to worry about all of the noise reduction issue, it's just a faster process. Yeah. More time from also publishing, marketing, oh, getting the word out. And I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of things you have to do. And one of the, one of the things you don't want to have to do is sit there and go, okay, well, can I get rid of that roomy noise now with my software? I'm not against it. 
and it's a it's a necessary tool for certain situations. But the whole goal really should be get a good recording first and not have to deal with that. For this recording now, when we're in the final post-production, I'll probably take away maybe four decibels Mm -hmm. of room noise. Mm -hmm. But that's it. Because as a listener, if you're listening and there's been things stripped away for including room noise and all that, you can can start to know, like something just doesn't quite sound right. I don't know what it is. Now it's like sublimely a distraction. Like this doesn't feel natural. And right. we are so big on the content we create, a relationary. We want it to sound authentic. Yep. We want it to sound personable. We want it to sound like you're just sitting in on a conversation and it feels natural. Exactly. And I'm going to say one other important part of the whole noise reduction thing is if you're not careful and, you're, and you, you rely on it too heavily and you're processing it very heavily – you get weird artifacts. You start eliminating a lot of high-frequency information that makes someone's speech more identifiable. Clarify it. Clarify, right? exactly. And when you're broadcasting this over whatever, however you're listening to things, obviously through wireless speakers or anything like that, anything you do to augment that sound may be detrimental to the broadcast as well because there's still a slight amount of compression and you're still a little bit of things going on when you convert files, you know, to smaller formats. You're eliminating a lot of the frequencies. So if you start with something where you've eliminated a lot of the frequency information that made the dialogue sound good, then that's a big problem too. So... There's just the, there's a whole trickle down kind of thing that happens when as soon as you hit that button and say reduce the noise. Now what are you going to do? Mm. So as we're starting to wrap up, what else would you like to share with us? Anything else on your mind or on your heart about sound quality and how that ultimately gets across successfully to an audience? Well, I mean, it really comes down to just being being aware of what you're recording listening to the sound quality. When you walk into a space, when you walk into a room that may not be your normal space, pay attention to what it sounds like. Um, And that's a real big issue, too. Some people will show up and go, okay, here's where we're recording. You're like, yikes, how do I deal with that? So there's a number of different ways to do that. Orlex has got a number of different types of products that we have, too. One thing that's really helpful, I think, is that we have an app called the RLX app. It's available on the Apple App Store, and also on Google Play. It's just called RLX. And what that does is it's an easy way for someone to put in their room dimensions, put in the type of recording that they're doing, whether it be you know either recording studio or podcast studio or voiceover or whatever. And uh, it will, based on the room dimensions and the data that we have from all of the years of experience we have doing this, uh, will give you three different options of sound treatment and we also have a section for sound isolation which helps trying to trying to suppress sound leaving or entering a space Um, and that's a helpful tool to just at least get started and figure out okay what do i need to do in this space what do i need to figure out to help control the acoustics in this room but the the other thing i want to mention too is there are a lot of do-it-yourself things to do there's certainly ways to deal with that and you know if you're on a on a tight budget or you just want to experiment Certainly ways to do that. We have a lot of information on our website that's not geared just to say, hey, buy our products. It's geared to educate people about good acoustics. So I would encourage you to check that information out as well. And then 
the other thing too is that we have a lot of different types of products. You can record anywhere in the world with, with, with the equipment that we have. But again, you have to deal with the room that you're in, that you're trying to record in. And so we came up with these portable treatment kits that um, if, you, you know, if you're in a, an apartment and you can't attach things to the walls permanently, these are on stands and you can build a little recording area. You can re, uh, build a little monitoring area and it helps control the, you know, again, helps control the room reflections in the room. And so those have been really popular. Those have been great because they're easy to do. You can take them down and put them somewhere else. You can cart them around if you need to set up a small little booth somewhere if you're recording with somebody on site. Um, so a lot of different ways to do that. And we have a lot of different types of acoustical treatment, uh, different price levels, different different designs, that kind of thing that are real Real popular, not only just in recording studios, but through broadcast, voiceover, podcasting, everything. And so just go to auralex.com. And how do you spell that? A-U-R-A-L-E-X. Rob, thanks so much. Oh, you're welcome. For coming back, checking in. I'm excited about the future. Room sounds awesome. And um, I, I mean, I think what makes it enjoyable for people to come in and certainly come into your studio is that it looks cool. It looks inviting. It doesn't look like you're sitting in the closet somewhere or you're under not... the hamper of clothes. Exactly. Exactly. Or under your, you know, you have your comforter above your head and trying to make it sound good. And I think that's important too, is to make it look good. And, and certainly if you do any kind of video related podcasting too, you want it to look professional. You want it to look like you know what you're doing. So it's a good investment. Yeah, absolutely. All the reasons. Well, I'm so glad for our episode about audio quality. We can kind of get a little technical, but I hope that this, you know, we can really explain the why because there is a reason why we do all of this. And there's a reason why we like to work with folks like you. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Brandcasting with Relationary Marketing. We're a turnkey podcast production agency for content marketing, and we'd love to hear from you. For a recap and transcript of this episode, and to download our free five-step guide to building a branded podcast, visit relationarymarketing.com slash podcast. And if you enjoy this content, please follow, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next time. Brandcasting is a production of Relationary Marketing. This episode was produced by Darcy Mack and executive producers Clark Buckner, me, and Chuck Bryant with editing support from Dylan Caro and music by Jess Gromit. Additional production support is provided by Anthony Luciani, A.J. Myers, Riley Wallace, and Jasmine Merriweather.